Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. This show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its Soundness Initiative. This episode is also sponsored by the POCUA, a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement, as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. Always remember, if you aren't banking with a POCUA credit union, you're just working with an institution that just so happens to serve public safety professionals, and you deserve better. Hi, I'm Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I have a very interesting guest, an individual and a background that I've never had before. This is our first RN on Public Safety Talk Radio. We're trying to be equal opportunity. We've had law enforcement people. We've had a firefighter. Uh, and now we have our first nurse. But this is a real interesting nurse because she does improv too. Let me tell you about her. Her name is Nancy Ann Horvath. Uh, she was born in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania to a theatrical Hungarian Slovak family. Wow, okay, so we gotta hear about that. She decided at age five to be a nurse and actually became one. How about that? How, how often do we actually become what we wanna be in five? I wanted to be Spider-Man, I'm still working on it. Uh, when she saw those great white crisp uniforms. Uh, after graduating from Sacred Heart Hospital School of Practical Nursing, she moved to Morristown, New Jersey, where she did both nursing and local theater. She also started taking classes in New York City for acting, commercials, and improvisation. She moved to New York City, worked for an oncologist, studied at the HB Studios, and also worked at Radio City Music Hall. And then she moved to LA, California, where we are right now, proved to be a good decision because having joined the American Federation of Radio and Television Arts, AFTRA, uh, <laughs> say that fast a few times, uh, her Screen Actors Guild SAG card came a year later. Nancy Ann has always been or has always seen the need to live in the present moment nursing has shown her we are all here to make a difference and each day is truly a gift and I know that she's making a difference and I know a little bit about improv coming from the second city of Chicago I can keep on reading Nancy Ann welcome to the show Thank you, thank you very much. I forgot about the crisp white uniforms, so I'll put my hat on. I became ah. a nurse when nurses wore hats. Now they just wear them here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now is that an N95 mask? Oh, I have one of those, but this is not an N95. That's not the one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, with Chicago, you're into comedy and improv. So I will start, I do a little stand-up. Go for it. This actually started before the COVID. I would go on stage and I'd have gloves and they'd look at me and I said, no, I'm not one of those super clean people, but you could have your first group physical with me. And it counts because I'm a nurse. And now people are doing physicals online. So this is how a group physical works. <laughs> Pay attention. When I say two, you got to clap two times. Okay, Ken? Okay. One, two. That's it. You clap. You, you clapped and you passed. So I take my gloves off. I throw them into the audience and I say, that's it. You're healthy. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm going to tell my wife, who's also in healthcare, that I don't need to go for my physical this year now. That is perfect. Because you had one right here. <laughs> <laughs> and, I you know, your health starts up here and I say it goes all the way down to your baby toe. So this controls everything. And as you know, I've watched some of your podcasts and some of the guests you've had on, and we can't keep this all locked up. 
Yes. Living in the moment is what it's all about. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I love the work you're doing. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, now, because you were so nice, you know, now we might have to have you on a couple episodes. Um, <laughs> but you never the- know what's coming out of this mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what? Everything is fair game here on Public Safety Talk Radio. Uh, but, you know, can you also, if I clap two more times, can I check off my colonoscopy too and not have to go to that later on? Well, for that, I'll need a clean glove. So we're <laughs> <gonna go there. laughs> All right. Well, maybe, maybe we'll talk. Well, maybe we'll have a bonus episode on that one. <laughs> yeah. A bonus episode that neither I nor anybody else wants to take part of. Uh, I'm from the East Coast, so I'm very thrifty. So when I throw these out into the audience, they think they're going to keep them. But I say, no, I use them again and again. <laughs> You know, the parents that grew up before, you know, the 20s and the 30s, everything had four or five uses. That's my parents. Definitely. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm not even going to go there. Because <laughs> that, that'll, that'll, that'll take us down a rabbit hole that, you know, I really don't want to try to get out of. Uh, but, you know, as I, as I mentioned and I joked about a little bit, you know, not everybody becomes what they think they're going to be at five year old, five years old, but you did that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the journey in becoming an RN and a healthcare professional. That's true. You know, I didn't realize that when I was listening to that. We lived in Bethlehem close to a hospital. So I would see all the nurses walking and together and they all wore their uniforms with the real hats that they don't wear anymore. <laughs> and it just seemed like a fun career. And, you know, I guess I always took to healthcare and I was always a people person. In our neighborhood, I was known as the cookie girl. So I would go around and talk to the old ladies who would bake cookies. It's amazing I'm not 400 pounds. And I probably just sat there and ate their cookies and talked to them. So it was like, <laughs> it My magical. cookies now, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm the muffin lady. I make excellent banana chocolate chip muffins. I'll oh, make you some sometime. I'm hungry, yeah. From scratch, that's my thing. But anyway, so I was always a people person. And nursing did just kind of lend to that. And when I was in high school, I joined the future nurses, but then I also did theater and drama. And then I was a volunteer at age 13. And yeah, I just went to nursing school. But then I guess I never realized that acting and theater could be a real career, you know, growing up in Pennsylvania. And then little by little, I got involved in, you know, uh, little, you know, family things. My mom also sang, she knows how to speak. Slovak and so she was in the Tatra singing group and I would do shows with her and then I moved to New Jersey and New York and I always did theater and that's where I started taking professional classes. I worked at Radio City Music Hall. I worked for an oncology and I've always done nursing and acting and I just was telling a young girl the other day I said it's a great field honestly you will always get a job so when you hear no over here you're gonna hear yes here and sometimes you hear no we don't need you for nursing but we need you for the acting gig. So one of my fun jobs now is I actually work on TV and movie sets as a medic and as a baby nurse. And I work pretty regularly on Days of Our Lives. And that's why I have my Days of Our Lives pillow over there. I was invited ah, to their, I didn't notice their, that. Yeah. <laughs> I was invited to their big whoop-de-doo party when they celebrated 50 years on the air. And um, what a baby nurse does is we are an advocate for the babies. Because if they're under six months, you have to have yeah. a real nurse on the set. And we walk on with them. We carry them. If we see a cord out of place, we say that's dangerous. We yeah. have to make sure that they're only under the lights so long because everything is very timed. 
and um, the parents can only be there with the babies two hours. They can only work 20 minutes and it's broken up into 10 minute segments. Sometimes we walk on at 11, by 11.15 we're walking out the building. Sometimes we are there the full two hours. So it's very regimented. And then I also work on TV and movie sets as a medic. And I hang out with the police officer sometime when I do that. Yeah. yeah. And we pray that nothing bad will happen. But if it does, you know, we got You're all the, set to go. <laughs> we're all set to go. We got the medics, the nurse. Yeah, that's what it is. So I've been always doing both. I mean, in New York City, I worked for uh, an insurance company. And I had to go up to the high rise and say, I need your urine. I need your blood pressure. And then send it in. So there's In that, in that order? <laughs> <laughs> There's many nurse jobs and people don't realize that. It's not just the hospital and the doctor's office, which I've done, but many different types of nursing. So I want people to know that, you know, it's, a, yeah. it's still a good career. Oh, now I do flu clinics. I'm big on um, giving flu clinics. I drove to downtown LA last year for the police and I've given out many flu shots and we're gearing up now for the fall. So right. get your flu shot, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, especially with this COVID insanity all around mm -hmm. you. You don't want to wind up with the flu and COVID at the same time. Right. You're right. It's it's another thing to keep you healthy. So that's yeah. definitely true. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I I really enjoyed getting some insight into the baby nurse uh, aspect uh, on set because I never really thought of that. And it's interesting because, yeah, as I mentioned, my wife's in healthcare. She's not a nurse, but uh -huh. you in healthcare and we'll be watching a movie or a show and somebody will just give birth and my wife will say there's no friggin' way that that's a newborn <laughs> <laughs> and i and i said well what do you want them to do you want them to take them right from the delivery room onto the set that's not gonna happen <laughs> look there's still an umbilical cord <laughs> they use a lot of twins. Uh, she probably knows this, but if we have twins and one is crying because they're real babies, mm. then we swap them out. So we've already had twins and they look at me and they go, they're both crying. And I go, that's what happens when you use real ones. Give us a <laughs> minute break and we'll be back. You know? Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, when it, when did you your when did you begin having your love for improv because there are a lot of people out there um you know that are that are comedians they do stand up um and they have their set I've been to a number of uh open mic places uh, I've never had the courage to uh, go up there although oh, some can, people, you got to do it <laughs> yeah you know what I I did I will say at uh the new media summit which ironically is the oh. last conference I actually was able to go to in person um they had a little bit of a, a comedy night for some of us podcasters um, and I did do like, I'd say about a five to six minutes that, that I used, or at least I used to use when we had these things called conferences and events. And I used to uh -huh. speak in front of people. I used a story and a bit that I had done before that deliberately was supposed to be funny. And I made it a little bit funnier and, and actually tossed some interesting, colorful language in it. And, <laughs> and, I got, and I got a lot of laughs. So I'm like, all right, you know, I only have one bit, but at least that one bit worked. Um, <laughs> for you. I got to travel last year to Alaska. I was the main speaker Ooh. for their PTA conference. Nice. And, yeah, it was in April. 
and the weather was 50, 60 degrees, maybe 40, but it was fine. And they brought me out and I was the speaker. I did expect like a couple hundred people, but they said, it's Alaska, we have to fly in. Yeah. So maybe it was 50, but it was wonderful. It was my first time in Alaska and they treated me to everything. I was, yeah, so I know yeah. what conferences are like. Let's bring them back. Yeah, exactly. Maybe 2022. Um, but, you know, I, I hear from so many comedians, um, you know, that obviously, like yourself, have other jobs. You know, usually they're waiting tables, and that's yeah. a rough gig these days. Uh, but, you know, you you actually, a lot, of, a lot of those folks, they aspired to be comedians, and that was their main career. And then whatever they're doing on the side is to kind of feed that. It seems like this is a little bit of the opposite in that you know, your main career seemed to be nursing from the start. And that was what your focus was. And then somewhere along the line, you didn't just get a love for comedy. You got a love for improv. Uh, which in my mind is a step above because you've got to be on your toes. So when did that love for, for improv kind of seep in? You know, I'm going to, I like the way you tie, I'm going to tie it into when I was five and how I was always a people person. Sure. And when I worked at Radio City Music Hall and when I worked in always the medical profession, people would hold things in. And as an actor, when we go on an audition, whether we're reading for a commercial and they give you lines and then they take your lines away and say, just make them up, you have to improv. I would love those auditions. There are actors that want the script. I want right. to improv. Don't make me memorize anything, please. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a soap opera once and they're like, what's on your hand? I go, oh, just a few of the lines. <laughs> <laughs> I want to improv. That's where I'm at. So I saw how people would hold things in. And I'm going to tie it in. I was a nurse at UCLA on the cardiac floor. Mm -hmm. And I was a fun nurse. I would sit on the bed and talk to people. And some of my fellow nurses are like, you got to move. You got to, you know, move faster. And people would hold things in. And this would lead to heart problems and liver problems. Yeah. So I've done a lot of research. I'm going to tell you how your emotions do Please. harm your body. Anger can weaken your liver. Grief can weaken your lungs. Worry weakens your stomach. Stress weakens your heart and your brain. Fear will weaken your kidneys. However, love will bring you peace and harmony, strengthen your body and your mind, and smile reduces stress, and smile spreads happiness. So why don't we wanna do that more? It's people are so tense and geared up. And when I teach improv, and a big improv thing is using yes and, I wore my yes and button. So we could turn any negative into a positive. And I always joke that I have the two good kids because the good kids have to go somewhere. <laughs> They're both Eagle Scouts and one of them is in vet school and one of them speaks Mandarin. But suppose your kids don't want to eat. So they want to have the dessert. You go, yes, and Chris, after you finish your healthy thing, you could have your dessert. And Ken, you want to go out and play? I go, yes, and after you finish your homework. So yes, and is a muscle and you have to use it every day. So when you're working with difficult people, whether it's in the medical profession, you go yes, and because that acknowledges that you heard them and then you could bring them this way, whether you're in real estate, whether you're in banking. Right. Yes, and I know you want this higher rate. However, right now we're offering this rate. Maybe in a couple months we'll offer that other rate. But for now, it's this. So yes, we'll acknowledge that you heard them. It's not a no but, because if yeah. you use no but, and then I point to my butt back here, it <laughs> the doors. But if you use yes and, it opens the doors. 
So when I was a nurse, I would see that people would hold these emotions in and like, why don't you just say what's on your mind? And it sounds simple, like you miss somebody, say you miss them. I was speaking in LA to the Philharmonic Association and it was all these older ladies who love to volunteer, God bless them. <laughs> and one said, you know, I miss my friend Esther. We had a fight like 10 years ago and we used to be friends for 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I don't even remember what it was about. So I said, so today go home and call Esther and say some crazy lady came and spoke to our group. Let's be friends from now on. And she goes, that's a good idea. Why didn't I ever think of that? <laughs> then she added, I hope Esther's alive. And I said, I don't, can't help you with that, but you better call her right away. <laughs> so, so many people hold things in. And yeah. I think with COVID, I've, I've been reached out by a lot of different people. I speak pretty regularly at um, Cal State Fullerton. They have a school of entrepreneurship, similar mm -hmm. to like Shark Tank. And they have their you know, projects already, what they're going to talk about. So I come in as a guest speaker and I throw them these questions all over the place. They're like, oh, I never thought about that. It's mm -hmm. like, well, it's better to have me and flub up than when the guys with the money come in. Yeah. So they're gearing up now, and I guess they're going to have me out as a speaker, but I'm probably going to be on Zoom also. But nice. I remember a couple of years ago, this girl stood up and she goes, can I say yes and to my mom? Because I'm studying, and she's always interrupting me. And I said, yeah, you say yes and mom, I heard you, I will be down in an hour, because you acknowledge that. And she says, oh my gosh. So then we did some fun yes and games, and this is what's happening now with the improv and the Zoom and Skype. I have people who wanted to try improv, but they're a little shy. They're like, I don't want to do it in a class. So mm -hmm. I'll do it one-on-one -on -one with them on Skype or on Zoom. And I'm like, you know, this is where we have to come into the moment. I have a saying, enjoy your moments. The good Lord put us here to enjoy life. And the more you do this every day, it's again, it's a muscle. I think it becomes easier. I say you do that. You, you enjoy every moment, I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> well i you know i i can go to a pretty dark place sometimes yeah. uh admittedly and i think i've even talked about that a little bit on this show from time to time but yeah that yes and you know i never really thought about that you know i think you're the first person to to give me the yes and idea um right. now a word from our sponsor the police officers credit union association the POCUA can suggest a credit union that serves public safety professionals in practically every state in the country. One area we definitely have covered is Washington, D.C. Police Federal Credit Union serves the Metropolitan Police Department in the District of Columbia and several law enforcement agencies in Maryland and Virginia. For more information about Police Federal Credit Union, go to policefcu.com or call 877 278-7328. To find an institution to serve you outside of Washington, D.C., Maryland, or Virginia, in any of the other 48 states, go to policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't banking with a POCUA credit union, you're just working with an institution that just so happens to serve public safety professionals, and you deserve better. I keep thinking of one of our guests a few weeks ago, Melissa Agnes, um, who talked about branding and being crisis ready and so forth. And, you know, here we're, we've, we've got a ton of crisis crises here in 2020. Um, and since, you know, we also work with law enforcement, you know, they're in crisis. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she mentioned, which aligns really well with your yes and, uh, I don't even want to call it an idea. I want to call it practice. Let's call mm-hmm. it the yes and practice is that, you know, with all of these people upset on both sides, that you can't, you can't, um, what was the word she used? Oh, I remember the phrase. It was, you can't battle emotion with logic. Right. It just doesn't work. And so what your yes and does in a very simple but useful way, if somebody says, we, we need change in, in policing, we need change in law enforcement. Yes, and. <laughs> that's right, because you agree with them how, yeah. you know, without saying no but, and that's true. Right. And I'm going to ask if I could tell you a little story about. Please, go ahead. Um, so I've done a lot of brain studies and I've been reading a lot of books on brains and multitasking right now. I'm going to ask you, do you think it's good or bad? You know what? Um, I, I, it's not a yes or no question. It depends. Um, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. So you want to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story. It's my damn show. So we'll both tell <laughs> stories. My story first um, is yeah, I, I am not a brain expert, but I know, for instance, that listening and reading cannot be multitasked. Um, I see people try to do it. I find it to be rude. Um, that, and I know from studies that I've read that you, can, that you either listen to somebody and give them their, your attention or you're reading. You, you cannot do both successfully given the way the brain works. However, Many times what I'll do is I will listen to a podcast and I'll be walking or working out at the same time. Now, that is a multitask that's actually acceptable because my walking, my lifting weights, my doing any of that is a different brain function. and I'm able to do that and still listen and get both of them done effectively. So very long answer to what was probably you thought a simple question is it depends. <laughs> sure. Okay. So in our brain, we have telomeres and telomeres are very similar to the aglets at the bottom of your shoelaces. You know, those little plastic. Right, right. So they're the protective end caps on our chromosomes and they affect our daily habits. And people think as you age, your telomeres have to fray and shorten, not necessarily. I want to live to be a hundred, almost there. And you know, you guys, <laughs> I never say my age. I just say I have a freaking high number. And my people, <laughs> my people that know me say, yeah, it is high. So the telomeres do not have to shorten as you get older. However, there are certain brain functions that you could do to, you know, keep these. And one of them, I got to say, is not multitasking. Because what multitasking does, it's almost considered like when the alarm goes off and you push snooze and snooze and snooze, your brain has to stop and restart. Ching, 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 ching. Mm -hmm. So I was at Target and this woman about my age was doing a great job. But every couple minutes, somebody would tap her on the shoulder and tell her something else, somebody else. And these are associates. And I got up there and I said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm in your lane. I feel so sorry for you. And I said, how can you do that? And she said, well, we were told when we took the job, you must, must multitask. And so we're constantly stopping and starting jobs. And I said, how's that working for you at home? And she said, honestly, it's horrible. Like yesterday, I started to fold the wash. I didn't finish. I started to pay the bills. I didn't finish. Then I went out and did some gardening. I didn't finish any of them. And I said, I'm going to tell you two words 
that will change it. She looked at me and she went, that's it? I went, yes, it's yes and. So you're folding the wash and your husband or your kid interrupts you. You go, yes and, I'll be right down in five minutes. And that's all it's gonna take you. You don't stop now. Yes and, honey, I heard you, you want me outside? Wait till I finish paying these bills. But because you have to multitask at your job, when you leave Target, this is what you do. You turn to the building and you go, bye, bye, multitask. <laughs> and you leave it there. And don't take it into your car. Don't take it into your home. Yeah. Because honestly, how long would it take to finish folding the wash or finish paying those bills? And constantly people are doing that. So I have an article on this. And I was at a business meeting. And this woman goes, oh, no, multitasking's good. And I do it all the time. And she gets up to leave and she leaves her purse and her cell phone. So I run it out to the car and she goes, yeah, you could send me that article. I'll take it. On. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I don't need it, but it really does make a difference. But we have to, again, consciously say, I don't want to keep stopping and starting my brain. And like you said, walking and listening to music, that's one thing. But when people are constantly interrupting us, if we use, yes, and I heard you, I will be right there. And how long will it take to finish this one job? I mean, versus we have everything half started. So when I do my improv, I give out these handy dandy reminders. I'm gonna zoom it in here. One is called use yes and every day. The other is embrace the unexpected. Unexpected things are gonna happen. Let's learn to roll with them and enjoy them. Learn to see the humor in all situations. Listen actively, like Ken is telling me things and I'm hearing. <laughs> Take risk and mistakes and failures are even okay. So I had something unexpected pop up a couple months ago. I was driving up to LA to give flu shots to the police department and I got a flat tire. And the AAA guy said, you can't drive up to LA on this donut. And I was like, okay. So he took me to the nearest tire spot and I took a deep breath. I'm like, what would improv Nancy Ann do? And I said, who are the owners here? And he told me Jim and Bill. And I walked in and said, Jim and Bill, I heard so much about your great place. And I have to be in LA giving flu shots. And they whistled, they got a car down, they got my car up. I was in and out with a new tire in 10 minutes. I kid nice. you not. And I said, I thought I was gonna drive to LA on a donut. He goes, no, but we have free donuts in the back room. So I said, sure, <laughs> I'll take one. <laughs> so that was all day I'm telling the police officers, yeah, I didn't drive on a donut, instead I got to eat one. <laughs> were they good donuts? Oh, they were delicious. I don't, eat, <laughs> I don't eat donuts much, so when I do, it was wonderful. <laughs> So, so on if so on the multitasking thing yeah. because um, I I agree with you about eighty ninety percent. Can I can I use your logic to tell my wife that I cannot fold clothes and watch the baseball game at the same time? <laughs> you really could do that. You could fold clothes. <laughs> However, if you're like taking statistics, when my husband watches football, he's always writing things down. Yeah. If you're doing statistics, then you have to say yes, and it'll probably be after the baseball game. Yeah. So you I, just have to let people know. That's the thing. It's like, you know, don't jump up and stop and start constantly. It's really bad for your brain. Right. Think of the telomeres and the aglets. And then you brought in healthcare. There's a story about the bombing in Brussels Airport. Remember right. when we had that? And this guy, Sebastian Bellin, he was like six foot. Seven, maybe seven foot six he went over for basketball 
And I heard this story, you could look it up, Sebastian Bell, and he looked down and his leg was shattered. And he basically saw a woman over there, she was probably dead, and he said, hey, buddy, throw me that scarf. So he had enough common sense to know that her scarf tied on his leg could make a tourniquet. Right. And then he saw somebody else wandering around. He said, throw me that luggage cart. So they tossed it to him, whatever. Hey, you two guys, get me into the luggage cart. Okay, they lifted him, there he's in. Hey, push me outside. So he went from, there's my leg shattered to I'm tying this, I'm in here, I'm in here. So they are now finding that people who have improvisation skills are very good in emergency situations, whether yeah. it's for police, whether it's for emergency medicine, because we could think and change on a dime. Yes, we're functioning this way, but all of a sudden, I don't know how this guy did it, but he was at the boss, he was in that Brussels airport and he went from, oh my gosh, to now I'm outside. So yeah. that's what they're finding. And that's what improvisation does. And a lot of my friends say, oh, you're so clever with what you come up with at the, you know, somebody says something and it was like, but it's again, it's a muscle. You got to use it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hadn't, you know, I never thought about, you know, how improv helps us through this insanity this year. And, you know, I, I don't know how old you are. I don't need to know, but you know, I'm 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 about to turn 51 and I think 2020 is the is the craziest year of my entire life. Uh, yeah. although although my parents like tell me about craziness in the 60s, I say, "Yeah, well, I don't remember too much from from that being born in 1969." Uh, but you know, we 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 need to be able to, you know, find some resilience. Uh, and and you know it's it, you know i see whether whether it's a nurse a firefighter a police officer um i've had the pleasure and i do mean pleasure to talk to people in all of those professions this year um it, i you know i've had even firefighters you would think that their jobs would be a little bit easier um yeah. Yeah, it, this year among everybody you know, i i talked to a, a new york fire department uh, official and he says about two months ago, three months ago, when COVID was really high over there, he says it's like a shit show over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can say it. Oh. And, and so you know, you you really, you know, I could see how these skills could really mentally, because really that's where the emotion is. You know, just mm -hmm. you, you get to a point where you just want to cut everything off, um, or just get angry. Yeah, you know, this this improv, you know, could really create that resilience it seems like. and resilience is a good word when i was yeah. speaking at one of the colleges a friend came um one of the students came up to me and said would you talk to my cousin he's really having a hard time and he could just use you so we chatted on the phone about an hour and um i'm just if anybody's interested i could do like a free zoom or a skype session and you'll see what it's all about if you want to sign up for more sure. um but my my email is improv for health at gmail very simple and my website's improvforhealth.com. Mm -hmm. So it really, honestly, it's, it's resilience and it's a practice and you have to work it into your daily life. And even though I talk about it and I teach it, like I said, when I got that flat tire, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it all ended well. And I was doing improv with a senior group and where I read that, learn to see the humor in all situations. She said, I fell down once and everybody saw I had Tuesday underwear on and it was a Wednesday. I said, do they still make those? 
wow. <laughs> and the old days, they would have all the days of the week. And, and I said, what did you do? She said, I just told them I actually did change it. I just forgot the day or something. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, that goes along since we're, we're talking about healthcare. It goes along with uh, what your mom tells you is always wear clean and unripped underwear because you never know if you're going to wind up in the ER. You never know. That's right. A lot of those seniors are funny. Like if I'm going to do it at a senior place, I'll say purposely wear two different socks and they'll come in and say, why did we have to do that? And I'll say, because that's called having fun with, a, you know, an unexpected situation. Oh, I didn't realize that. And then we play like matchup, like your sock will go with that guy's and that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do something unusual on purpose. You know, right. so just some days, just do that. Somebody will say, why are you wearing you know, two different color socks on purpose? <laughs> well, I just don't want to throw anything away. I'm like, yeah, nobody's going to see my That's socks. Right. And, if, and you know, I, I'll be attitude. If I wind up in the ER, I really don't care. <laughs> I don't just, either. It's thrifty. That's what else. <laughs> I'll just be happy. I'll just be happy if I make it out alive. So you, you've given us uh, a ton of great tips here. Um, and I really like your approach to, to the, to the science of the brain. I truly yes. do believe that. I, I think that, you know, we, we, we could study the brain for, you know, decades and decades and decades and still only scratch the surface of, of what this, you know, cool little computer in our head really can do. Um, but you may and you may have already given us some some tips on this, but is there maybe a number one or top two tips for all of these public safety professionals that we're so pleased that that watch or listen to the show, whether you're a nurse or a law enforcement firefighter e m t corrections officer as i say in the, in the intro are, are there a couple things from your your yes. improv expertise that people should do in this crazy year? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, first of all, stress is the number one key culprit in aging. Yeah. So because I'm going for 100, we all have to keep our stress down. And how do we do that? There are actually seven, seven ways to keep us Awesome. Young. I asked well, for one or two, and I'm going to get seven. That's seven. cool. One is exercise. And you yeah. know how important that is. And if you can't do it every day, every couple days. I try and go out every three to four days, and I walk about five miles. You know, some days it's three miles. Okay. Mm -hmm. One is sleep. And a lot of people in our profession and your profession, we don't get sleep. You need at least six hours of sleep. And this, you're not going to like. The main sleeping time is 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. If you're missing that, that's when your brain will re-trigger. And a lot of people don't even go to bed till 2. It doesn't mean every day, but 10 p.m. to 2 p.m. At least be in your bed and read a book or something. Another one is inflammation. People who have inflammation, they're showing that, you know, they'll get disease and it's bad for your brain. Brain exercises. I'm not just talking sitting on your computer playing solitaire or something. Brain exercises <laughs> with other people. Socialization. You and I are big on that. That's why I was the cookie girl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nutrition. We all know the good foods and the bad foods get more of the vegetables and fruits. And get your medical conditions under control. Because if you have them, it's going to lead to the stress and the inflammation. So I gave you seven things, but the sleep is the one that people go, really? Try for six hours of sleep and try for 10 p.m. to 2 p.m. Now, because I'm a comic and, 
you know, a lot of the comedy shows yeah. start late. But that, those are the main hours. I mean, don't miss that window. You know, if it's 1.30, jump in bed because it's almost going to be two. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, on that, I, I do, I agree with all seven of those. Uh, I probably actively practice at least four or five of those. Okay. Uh, I almost, you know, I, I, I do agree with you on the, the sleep. Um, while I don't, I, I usually am in bed well before midnight. Uh, I don't always make the 10 a.m. to 2 yeah. p.m., but I'm really big on seven to eight hours. Oh, good for period. you. That's, that's and so, you know, there are some nights where, you know, it's five or six. There are yeah. others where, you know, maybe I can stretch it to nine, uh, which yeah. is usually the weekends. I usually make it really sure. It's like, all right, you know, we are sleeping in this morning. I'm not a morning person. That is that is not only my little perk, knowing that I could sleep till nine o'clock, but also I feel really good after the weekend just because I've slept until eight, nine, sometimes. Your body needs well, it. Your body needs it. I want to mention Time Magazine does these wonderful things once a year. Last year, they did the science of laughter, and it talked all about yoga, laughter, and everything. This year, guess what time functioned on? Zoomed in on mental health. So I've been speaking to NAMI groups. You know what that is, National Alliance for Mental Illness. Mm -hmm. And I really believe, so this year, Time did an understanding of mental illness, and it's all about you know, dealing with the COVID times. So they do it, right. I think, once a year. And my recent book that I read on brain is called This Is Your Brain on Joy. Awesome. And Dr. Henslin and Dr. Amen are from Orange County. It's a wonderful book. Awesome. Awesome resources. But the real question going back to sleep is if you're on third shift in the ER or mm -hmm. that's your shift as, as a, uh, a law enforcement, firefighters, you know, they're only working, you know, two or one out of every three days and they get to sleep during the job. Little police officer joke. Sorry. Anything uh. else. But for the, for those that have the midnight to eight shift, what, it, what do you do with that 10 PM to 2 AM window? You're right. They're not going to get it all the time, but when they're off, the best sleep is 10 to 2. I have a nurse friend that have always worked mm. night shift, and she recently did come down with cancer, and she said it's probably because my body is all goofed up. Yeah. I want to point out I'm wearing toilet paper earrings. A friend gave them to me. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. It's toilet paper earrings. <laughs> I had a birthday in April, and I put on Facebook, I want toilet paper earrings, and my husband goes, you're going to get a lot, and I said, luckily I only got one pair. <laughs> Nice, nice. Well, you know, for those of you that are only listening to the audio version, pop off of that, get on the YouTube channel and, and look at Nancy Ann's uh, toilet paper earrings. <laughs> last, last question I have for you, and, and you already kind of mentioned it, but it, uh, it, it really bears mentioning again. You, for those folks out there that, that want you to come out and speak, that could really tap into your expertise on improv, especially given that you're a fellow public safety professional, how best can they find you, Nancy Ann? Just email me, improv for health, and please don't put an E. It's I-M-P-R-O-V-F-O-R-H-E-A-L-T-H at gmail.com. Just send me an email and... I love to travel. I'm not afraid to travel. You could bring me to Alaska. I think travel's coming back uh, or we could do it on Zoom or Skype or whatever. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I love what you're doing. 
thank you so much. And I love what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> very interesting, very unique, and very helpful. So thank you so much for being on the show, Nancy Ann. Thank you. Just remember, yes and. <laughs> yes and. So we're going to do a yes and that you watch this show or listen to the show, and <laughs> you'll be watching or listening about a week from now when we have another great episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. Uh, but for now, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.